Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Let us praise God together. I read from Psalms 71. Your righteousness, God, reaches to the heavens. You who have done great things, who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. I would like to play a little game with you, and you at home, you can play it with me. The game is called Correct Me If I'm Wrong. I will present several statements, and if you think I'm right, you give me a thumbs up. And if you think I'm wrong, you give me a thumbs down. We start very easy, so no worries. Kids have to go to school during the summer holidays. All right, well done. Good, that was easy. There are 26 letters in the English alphabet. Yes. Correct. There are seven continents in this world. Yeah, very good. You're going to hang up this. For the little ones among us, Peppa Pig's brother's name is called Fred. Well done, you. It's George. I had to look it up. Now, two relationship questions or statements. It is okay to beat up your siblings if you're angry with them. All right. Pretty one answer. A parent should always have a favorite kid, a favorite child. You disagree with that as well? Okay. It is okay to show off in front of your siblings. Hesitation, but mostly no. All right, all right. I would agree with you. I think that would be terrible if that would be, if we would just agree with that and say, that's super. All of these last three options were rather questionable suggestions on my behalf. Punching your sibling, a parent should have a favorite kid, a favorite child, to rub your glee into your sister's or brother's face. Not that we didn't do it. Maybe. But it's not what we like to do. In the Bible, we meet a family in which this is pretty much the domestic way of handling things and treating each other. Let's see how long it takes you to figure out what story I might be talking about. A couple had a big family, and amongst all the brothers and sisters, the father had one favorite child. And not just occasionally on Sundays, always. Let me just ask you, do you remember when you were a child, and perhaps if you had siblings, how you felt when that sibling, that brother or sister, was favored occasionally? Or perhaps do you remember a situation where you saw someone, a parent, 
favoring a child over another. What did you feel? Let's hang on to that feeling for a moment as we continue the story. In this family, the child, the son, was favored. He was always allowed to disturb daddy at work, never got in trouble when he told on his siblings. In fact, he was encouraged to do so. And one day, and I'm sure now you will know, he got a super expensive coat. Yes, it is the story of Joseph. And Joseph was Jacob's, his father's, shining star. And in the story, we are going to listen to the reading in just a moment. And it becomes obvious that Joseph was just, yeah, the favorite, Jacob's favorite all the time. In German, we would say he got the extra wurst, the extra sausage. Yeah? And his brothers got mad at him. So we have set the stage for today's narrative. And before we go looking deeper into this and into the topic, today's topic, every parent should have a favorite child, let us pray and then listen to the reading. Abba, beloved God, I thank you that we are here together, be it in present or at home joining in. I pray for guidance in our understanding and what we receive today and what we read today from the story and that you would lead us deeper into knowing you. Let's pray together as Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Today's reading... Genesis chapter 37, verses 2 to 5. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than him then, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Thank you very much. Joseph, I would love to hear your first response 
when you just read and heard and listened to these verses, I think, what a hard-to-like, spoiled teenager. So Joseph at this time is around 17 years old. He's not only playing spy for his father, but he also knows that Jacob's love protects him. And he has no problem with showing that off. He was protected, however, only to the point until the brother's hatred became too much. It became too much to handle and too much to bear. So they bet him and they sold him off, which was the lesser of the two solutions suggested. The first one was to kill him. So he was lucky in that regard. And I can speak honestly that I was quite challenged for today to speak about the sarcastic title, of course. Every, ch- every parent should have a favorite child. And then this story and what encouragement we could possibly take from this. And I know that in some circles... It is explained, or the, the story of Joseph is looked upon that his life had to develop in such a way, in this way, to manifest God's sovereignty. I do believe that this story is about God's sovereignty, yes. However, I do not wish to use this as a quick solution for all the hardship and the troubles and the pain this family went through. So I dare to suggest another approach. And I choose the way to do so is by looking into the broader family tree. Not just Joseph's family, but Jacob's. You see, these narratives, these stories, they want to teach us something. They want to encourage us, sometimes warn us, and often remind us. And here, the warning and encouragement I hear is not, don't have a favorite child. That's also in there, yes, but I think it is bigger than that because it will ask us, what story, what baggage are you bringing into relationships? Let me explain how I get here. What is Jacob's family story? Well, Jacob comes from a family in which favoritism and and uh, yeah favoritism and loving that one child was acceptable and used as a weapon in fact that's the surrounding the family story he grew up with i read to you from genesis 25:28 isaac 
Jacob's father, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, his brother. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And this whole dynamic basically develops into a telenovela. Uh, relationships of betrayal and manipulative betrayal become. This is how Jacob grew up. With this culture. And this is something he then too, unfortunately, establishes in his family. And when we read that story, it is easy to spontaneously just condemn him. I mean, we could talk a lot about the, the father role he represents here. That's catastrophic. A neglectful parent, selfish. He uses Joseph to keep taps on his other sons. Manipulative in some way. And what is the consequence? Besides the brother's hatred, a son who lacks humility and the understanding of a bigger picture. Joseph lacks guidance to understand and make use of God's gift. Remember, he got that dream, that a dream that actually is to prepare him for something. And instead of using this gift, he abuses it in the name of arrogance and ego. He lacks the ability to go beyond the role designated to him. That is the ultimate outcome we read here of Jacob's established family culture. And that's easy to condemn or to shake your head at. Who would do that? The thing is, if we get stuck at looking and condemning Jacob's behavior, I believe we are kept from receiving the resource or the resources this story holds for us. And the critical question we need to ask ourselves. Because we all come from families with own family cultures, with developments within our family. So what am I bringing from my family of origin into the family I'm building? What culture am I bringing into my, of my origin, family of origin, do I bring into my relationships? Into my immediate family, but perhaps also my church family? How did we manage anger? How did we manage jealousy and envy? How did we come together again? Did we reconcile? And these reflections 
lead me to believe that we must not make excuses for Jacob's behavior and his lack of wisdom. But I deeply believe we need to have compassion. And since I hope this is something we have discovered today, we all are Jacob in one way or other. This is, applies to us too. No matter what thoughts came to your mind just now when I asked these questions, no excuses, but compassion. The compassion that flows from God, the ever-loving parent. And Jesus, because did he not remind us over and over again? Did he not come to preach the good news of a compassionate God who cherishes exactly that? He came to witness God who and rather died on the cross than let us face sin's accusation against us. That kind of compassion I am talking about. And I encourage us to drink deep from that cup of mercy and compassion as we did last week during communion. Holding fast to that assurance that God's compassion is greater than the reality of our past. And that is what I believe the story of Joseph is about, where God's sovereignty becomes obvious. God's sovereignty lies in this, that in the end, Joseph and his brothers are reconciled, despite Despite the failings of their father, peace is established. Despite their own failures, peace is established. Compassion and mercy becomes visible in that family story, that family culture. Compassion and mercy reunited this broken family. And this is a blessing Jacob was granted. And this is a blessing Joseph and his brothers were granted. And they had to fight hard for it to get to this point. So praise be to God, the ever-loving parent. And us, let us drink deep from that cup of mercy and compassion, holding fast to this assurance that God's sovereignty lies in his compassion, which is greater than the reality of our past, who works with our past. And from here, from that point, let us shape our relationships. We now have time 
during our song of reflection to pray and listen into what is God stirs in you. Before then, Michael prays with us. Father, we come with our prayers sharing your concern for one another, for our community and our world. But Lord, help us take a moment to to reflect just on on your compassion. Thank you, Lord, for your word that it, it does present to us warts and all, just our, our messiness, the messiness of our relationships. Forgive us, Lord, for those things we bring from our family background or whatever that do spoil and do bring harm and hurt to others. And But, Lord, we thank you that you are a God of compassion, that you are a God of great patience, and you are working with us, in us, through us. Lord, we pray for those families where there is tension, where there is difficulty, where this summer holiday is going to be a difficult and challenging time. Lord, work in and through them, work in and through us to bring healing and hope and help. Father, we we thank you for, for holiday time. Grant rest and refreshment to those on holiday and a chance to enjoy the beauty of your creation. We pray in particular for David, our minister, and Linda. Be with those who can't get away, especially carers and people in hospital or unwell. Father, we pray for those suffering the effects of severe weather conditions, such as the wildfires in British Columbia and Canada. Help us keep up the pressure on our governments to take the steps necessary in response to climate change. Thank you for the visit by the Queen this week to the Edinburgh Climate Change Institute and help them and others guide us to change the way we do things. Father, we pray too for those caught up in the famine in Tigray in Ethiopia. Help the Ethiopian government, the UN and aid agencies in efforts to provide the relief needed, but also to bring an end to the conflict that, that brought about the situation. Thank you, Lord, that the COVID vaccine program appears to be effective. Help us continue to heed the advice, though, given as the rise, uh, as the cases rise due to the Delta variant. Give wisdom to Jason Leach, the National Clinical Director, as he advises the Scottish Government, and thank you for his faith and witness in that role. We pause for a moment now to bring you our own particular concerns for others. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers.
let us go into this next week. And may God remind us that his compassion, his mercy reaches to the heavens. You have done great things. Who is like you, God? Though you have made me see troubles many and bitter, you will restore my life again. Praise be to God. And together we say, Amen.